Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. to another edition of the Patreon Nation Podcast. As always, your boy Pat Lane here with my guy Matt St. Jean. And this episode, as is every episode, is brought to you by FanDuel, which is the official wagering partner of CLNS Media. And we're a few minutes late tonight, right? And the reason we're a few minutes late is because we get a doggy emergency. My seven-year-old has a little thing that he sleeps with that he calls a doggy. It's not a doggy. It's a bunny. But he calls it doggy anyways because kids are weird. And so he couldn't find it. So we're like going crazy. We're like ripping the house down to find it. Right. He's like, I can't go to sleep. Okay. All right. We're chasing him around, figure, trying to figure it out. It was in his bed, chilling, waiting for him. Okay. That's cool. So there you go. So that was, so that's why we're a few minutes late because that we're looking for right. doggy who was already in his, my son's bed. So, you know, just kids are, kids are weird, man. <laughs> that's how it goes. I was that way as a kid. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but anyways, we love them. We love them anyways. They're great kids. And so, uh, but it's just funny when you're like, oh my God, dude, you know, so utter chaos for a minimal reason. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. A hundred percent. So, um, all right, let's get into, let's get into what happened last week. Um, just really quick. We, I don't think we really need to talk about the Jets game. Everything that needed to be said, got said, I thought in the instant reaction, people were pissed. Although the funniest thing that came out of that, someone said it was a moral loss. Actually, I heard Tommy Curran uh, refer to it as that on his uh, on his you know takeaway too. I just look. Go ahead. There's no such thing as a moral loss for a road division victory. That's correct. Yeah, like we can debate even the concept of a moral loss, but road games in the division, those are the ones where if you just get out of it with a win, you're happy. That and that's been the standard for every team in the NFL for a long time. That was the case when Tom Brady was here. That is correct. The Pats, the Pats had plenty of these, you know, stinker on the road against a, a division opponent when Brady was here. And I'm not changing the standard now that it's Mac. You get out with the win, you come home, and you go on to the next game. That That is very correct. And let me tell you something, okay? There was a team, 5-11 and 11 team in 2003, quarterbacked by the great, I mean, who could forget this guy, Kelly Holcomb. Absolutely crushed it. Crushed it that year. The Cleveland Browns in 2003 came into New England and, and gave the Patriots a game, and the Patriots won 9-3 to in that game. Yeah. So the 2003 Patriots went 14-2 and won the Super Bowl, and, and that the Browns was, went 5-11. and They sucked. Yeah. Yeah, and the and I think Tim Couch played in that game and got hurt, and Ke- then Kelly Holcomb came yes. in, or it might have been the reverse, something like that. And that was I think Couch may have. I think he might be right. I think Couch may have started, and then I think he actually got finished. He he uh, ended up being out for the year. I be- 
I it was think a finger injury, if I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah. But, but yeah, and that's like that Pats team, I think, had just won the week before, a couple weeks before. They beat Tennessee like 38 to 30. And that's what we're waiting on to see if this Pats team, team can do, if they can do that offense. But yeah. When, when a game is ugly, that's that's football. That's how this whole thing goes. Because <laughs> you want to talk ugly, there's that Pats Browns game in 2013, too. It's something about the Browns, I guess. That one where you squeaking it out with an onside kick, but you know, football, weird stuff happens. Find a way to get the win and move on. Yes, agreed. Agreed. And so that's kind of the, you know, it is what it is. And oh, you know what? Before this, Charlie Fox shot. Hello, first of all. He needs me to weigh in on if T Swift is a good singer. Listen, let me tell you something. Okay. Let me tell you something. If you don't think T Swift is a good singer, if you don't respect T Swift as an artist, you're just in denial. Like I'm sorry, yeah. you're not in Egypt. You're just in denial. It, it's just. Yeah. And I was. I got to go to a show over the summer with my girlfriend, and like I'm, I like to. I'm a casual Taylor Swift fan. I'll listen if it's on. Nothing more than that. But my girlfriend right. brought me, and I wanted to go and see what it was like. And yeah, man, three hour show, singing every stuff from every single one of her albums, with dances and choreography and props and using the whole stage like. From an endurance perspective, that is ridiculous to do that all across the country. Selling out the way she did is ridiculous. Um, she's like she's like the closest thing to Michael Jackson or the Beatles we have in in this current era. Right, and and look, and he's Charlie saying Dave and, and John Limbrakis disagree, and that's fine. They can disagree <laughs> if they want, but but the fact the Shout fact that, the Sco Show Slack channel, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. The fact is that for me, at least, what I look at it and just think, like you said, the show that she puts on. Is is unbelievable. You know what I mean? So Carrie says <laughs> Carrie said she saw it seemed like her music. I mean, that works, you know, I suppose. But but you know, and you don't even have to like her music, you don't even have to think she's good. But like just the fact that she doesn't have to do what she does, she's going on an outrageously long tour. She goes for three hours every single night, dude. She did three hours at Gillette back to back to back. Yeah, one of them in the driving pouring rain. And like she, she, she went all out, dude, in those concerts. Like she, I think she belongs kind of in the same conversation as Prince when it comes to like a performer, regardless of the situation, regardless of the elements. Yeah. Yeah. And again, and Prince, you know, Prince a little bit different, obviously, but she plays instruments too. I mean, not as many as Prince is like a, a unbelievable artist, like one of the greatest artists of all time. And again, you don't have to necessarily like his music to respect him as an artist. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things. I'm not saying everyone has to like T Swift as an artist. I'm just saying you have to respect, respect the artistry, <laughs> the craft. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, anyways, we're getting off topic. Obviously this is related to the, to the T Swift, uh, Travis Kelsey news, which it supposedly this report that came out today that she's going to New York as well, uh, to see him at, to play the jets this week. If, if you're trying to get somebody into football, playing the bears and the jets, I mean, pretty good way to prove you're good. Sure is. Sure is. Yeah. Yes. So, um, but it, it is funny. I, I've been reading the, you know, the stuff on Twitter, I think it's hilarious because there's, there's two factions of this, right? So there's like, one is like the girls on TikTok that are trying to convince their boyfriends that T Swift made, you know, made Travis Kelsey relevant, which is hilarious, which I think is hilarious. Uh, and then the other one is that, you know, the, the T Swift, like crazy T Swift fans are going to become like, insane football analytic people by the end of the year i just by the third quarter sunday night they are gonna have a trade for the jets to pull off for a new quarterback you think so (laughs) 
<laughs> that might be the only hope for the Jets this year. But it's, it's totally true, true right? Like, well, you know, these guys rotated down. They were in cover four, and they rotated down to cover two. But then, right before the snap, they switched to cover one and then blitzed the Mike linebacker. And <laughs> it's like, you know, you got like the 14-year-old girls on the, on, the, uh, on the whiteboard drawing up plays. Like, you know, I mean, they go all out for this. You know what I mean? So, and Cans Cans, good question here. How did Travis Kelsey land a, a, a hyper mega star like T-Swift? Because realistically, right, we, in the football world, Travis Kelsey is a star, right? He's a stud. Everyone knows who Travis Kelsey is. But if you don't follow football, you don't know who the hell Travis Kelsey is. You have no idea who Travis Kelsey is. Now, maybe you do a little bit more because you've got the podcast and it's, you know, it's a little bit more out there, but like they have a million subscribers to their YouTube channel. Like, so they, there's a lot of people that listen, but. It's nowhere near what Taylor Swift is. And so no different stratus, you know, right. And so it's just interesting. Uh, it's interesting. And look, I think part of it is that they're not trying to make it last. Um, that they're just kind of having fun, you know, that they're looking at it. Like it's not a super crazy kids. thing. Like, Hey, we're just having fun. Like whatever. She's leaving for Europe in like a few months. He's, you know, wrapped up in football and everything like that. So, but you know, let's have a little bit of fun for the next few months, and then and then go our separate ways. So we should turn this into a relationship anyway. advice show, Pat. We'll just take comments and. Hey, listen, man, I'm down <laughs> for that. I've been married 15 years, been with my wife for almost 20. You know, I, I'm 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 down with that. And I'm a middle school teacher. I'm an eighth grade teacher, so I'm constantly giving people advice about different things, and they're asking me questions. And Good so conflict resolution. I got, I got all the I got all the conflict resolution uh, that that you can handle. So and and then some. So. Um, but anyway, sorry. Right. Let's, let's get let's get back in football. No, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I, well, I was I was at the game on Sunday. I don't know if you yes. want. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. My, I do want to hear. First, first of all, made a great call in waiting to buy tickets until closer to the game with the Aaron Rodgers injury and the uh, what do you call it? The weather. Ticket prices dropped. Yep. Got seats under an overhang. Didn't get wet the entire game, which was perfect. Got soaked on the way home, but that's a yeah, that's, that's different. Yeah. But no, being there. Um, Great environment. Honestly, the Jets fans were kind of fun. Like they they know what's going on. It took about two series for the the double middle fingers to Zach Wilson to start coming out from the crowd. Then uh, everybody was getting into it, and I, I really liked the way the Pats played. The Bills got a lot of criticism, and rightfully so, in Week One for seeing Zach Wilson on the other side of the field and just chucking the ball anyway. It's Zach Wilson. You don't have to try that hard to beat him. Just don't make mistakes. Right. And I thought the Pats did that well. I think they left some stuff out there. Not a perfect game, but your goal in this game wasn't to score 30 points. Your goal was to score 10 points and right. let the defense hold, basically, and that's what they did. And you're a couple of small mistakes away from getting a, at least a couple more field goals on the board. And there, There's stuff you want to button up, but over 350 yards on the road against that defense in bad weather. Move the ball consistently. You pin them back consistently. The defense really doesn't let anything up except for that one drive. And I think the Jets got a little bit lucky with some of the flags and, and the way they went on uh, on game day there. So I think this is one of those that wasn't as close as the score suggests. You want to close out better. You want to execute better. But they did more than enough to get the win. That gave them the wiggle room to end up sealing it. And I feel pretty good. I think that's about what I expected, and I, I was impressed by the offensive line too. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. And that, it's you know, it's one of those things for me that like, I just think, look, you can't play that way offensively if you're going to beat a team like the Chiefs, if you're going to beat a team like no. the Dolphins. You can't. But, but again, you don't have to do that when yeah, you're you playing. Don't, you don't call plays the same way the against Jets. the Chiefs. Right. Right. And so, you know, again, 
Do I want them to hit some of those deep shots? I absolutely do, right? Do I want Mac Jones to get on the same page as wide receivers, which just seems like on every deep throw they aren't on the same page? Yes, I do. But that's going to come, I think. I, I do. I do believe that. Um, and so and so we'll see. Maybe we'll be wrong. But I, I think that it was a good step in the right direction just because you win the damn game and the defense played so freaking well. And I understand it, Zach Wilson. I get it. But still, the defense played extremely well. So – um, and we'll get into yeah. some of that stuff, Christian Gonzalez, and how Christian Gonzalez is just a certified stud right now. It, stud. Uh, aside, I was kind of impressed by Sean Wade, too. I thought, I mean, for a sixth corner and guy who barely made the roster, I think he's he's not, like, great. But, you know, with, with right. the injuries, they're going to have to deal with him being on the field probably for a little bit here. We'll see when Jack and Marcus Jones actually end up coming back. They'll probably be a game day active and rotating in at points, and he's good enough to see the field. He's a real yeah. corner at this point. Right. Well, you know, the best thing I can say about yeah, about Sean Wade, and I haven't watched any of the film, but the best thing I can say about Sean Wade is that I didn't think about him at all on Sunday. I wasn't pissed that he was on the field. I, they weren't. They didn't call his name once, right? And I know Zach, again, I know Zach Wilson had a terrible game, and he stinks. I get that. But at the same time, like – Sean Wade's not letting guys run out one wide open all day long. So that's a good thing. Right. And so again, it's, it's, you know, it's not what you want there. I'm hoping John Jones is back this week. Um, we'll see, but you know, but maybe he will be. And then Jack Jones week five, perhaps. And then Marcus Jones, maybe week six, week seven. So depending on how long it's going to take for him to come back. So, you know, so we'll see. And Sean Wade might be out of there, but, but at least for now you have someone, um, that you know that is at least like you said a competent backup so i feel good about yeah. that and you look look at these cowboys receivers let's say you don't get jonathan jones out there this week is brandon cooks gonna play he is right i, I think, think so yeah yeah he's not the same brandon cooks who was in new england in 2017 at this point like all right if sean wade yeah. or miles Bryant has to handle that every once in a while yeah. i'm not they're going to get theirs and, and they'll get something decent and they'll probably pick up a couple of first downs that are annoying and maybe a decent play in there, but I'm not, I don't think they're going to get burned. I don't think they're going to get targeted too much. I think you can handle that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, all right, so let's get in, let's get it. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Cowboys, but let's get in to the story that everyone's talking about. Not T Swift, Mac Jones. This to me is just such a non-issue. I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I Okay, he hits him in the stomach for sure. Does he get him a little bit lower? I mean, it's possible. First of all, I can't see anything that's going on. But here's what I will tell you. Mac Jones was stood up at the line partially because, uh, who was it, number three, I think it was, had his, fa- had his hands underneath Mac's face pushing him yeah. up and away. Then, after the whistle had blown, Mac is like, you know, fighting for a second effort. Fine. They're blowing the whistle like crazy. And so their linebacker just takes him and body slams him onto the ground. And then Mac puts his hand up for Sauce to help him up. He slaps his hand away. Fine. Fine. I'm okay with that. And so Mac gets up and is like, hey, you know, whatever, and, and hits him. Now, whether he hit him in the nuts or not, I don't know. But what I can tell you is that he sure as hell didn't hit him hard. That much I can tell you. Like, he didn't wind up. You see yeah. none of that stuff. If he hit him in the nuts, he hit him like this. Like, literally like this. That's it. Yeah. You know, and, and so, and that's what, and then, oh, oh, and then, by the way, Sauce Gardner throws Mac Jones on the ground. 
And all of that got no penalties. Not one penalty yeah. out of all of that. What? And Absolutely. the quarterback. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I don't, is it, is, let's say for this, the sake of this discussion, let's say Mac Jones did do it, even though we can't really see in the video. Um, it's not like, it's weird, but it's right. not a suspendable. Unless you, like, if you wound up and punch the dude. Yeah. That's so, a suspendable. Right. But that's not what happened here. This is like weird. Probably shouldn't have done it. Probably the right. type of thing your teammates say, hey, chill out. Uh, and maybe a fine, but like that's about it. Right. Um, and like, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's the hockey fan in me, but this seems like what would happen in a hockey scrum. And then everybody just goes to their corners and cools off. And like, that's not typical for football, but it's also like, all right, so things escalated a little bit. And the Jets got theirs and Mac Jones answered. And I think that kind of, equals out i don't really think you need anything else after that i didn't particularly love the sauce hit after that although i do understand why he would do it but like i don't know and honestly i think this whole thing got blown out of proportion too because sauce like it, even in his answer he seemed to be laughing a little bit i don't think he took it that seriously i think right. he he did post the video which was something but like i don't know it's the the history with mac is what does it um and like obviously the brian burns incident wasn't great I still will say the thing with the Bears last year wasn't as bad as it looked only because Mac was hurt. And I'm guessing throwing his leg up on the slide was more of a protective instinct than anything else. But like, right. let's say both of those were intent to injure and we're going to not give him benefit of the doubt. This isn't intent to injure. This is guys messing around in a pile, like in a scrum during a football game. Like this isn't, it's not on the same level. He's not dirty for it. Weird. Sure. If you want to dislike him for it, sure. Whatever. It right. isn't dirty. I'll tell you what, I got five letters for Sauce Gardner. Five. S-A-W-F-T. Soft. The kid (laughs) is soft. You're telling me he went up against the Cowboys and got his lunch handed to him by C.D. Lamb. And so what did he do? He deactivated his Twitter account because he got embarrassed so much that he deactivated his Twitter account. And then he reactivated his Twitter account just to post that video. I didn't realize he deactivated it. Deactivated his Twitter account. And then reactivated his Twitter account just to post that video to say something like, oh, I don't want to get fined for pushing Mac Jones. Here's what happened. So I'm sorry, dude, but he didn't get tapped in the nuts. He pushed Mac Jones because he touched him, right? And... And so now you look at it and say, well, I'm going to make up some story. And you can't tell. So, like, whatever. It's my word against his. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just – it's it's one of those it's, things. So it's, it's one of those that is barely a story at all in the worst-case scenario for Mac here. And that's if you believe all of the allegations. And if you don't Correct. believe it, it's not. Yeah. And I was, I was watching um, the Athletics podcasting. They have a new show this week a new show this year with Diana Rossini where they kind of like go through injury updates and kind of the news around the NFL. And this came up on the lineup and I was like, are you serious? Like this is, this is making this, like this is, this is what, this is what people do. This is what, and, and the part of the thing is that people don't like Mac Jones. There's a question mark about Max. Oh, he's dirty and he's this and he's that and he's this and he's whatever. He's got a little bit of a punchable face and I get it. Yeah. And I, and I understand, I, I understand that part of it, but it's just like, you know, I don't know. Whatever. The one thing I will say, and Can Kansas brings up a good point. Like, I didn't love the fact that, like, I'm sorry, dude. I don't care who the guy is. If you body slam my quarterback on the ground after the whistle, 
I'm coming for your head. Like, I don't understand how he walked away. CJ Mosley just walks away like nothing happened. I, and I don't, yeah, you know? maybe the players didn't see it. Which is possible. But, like, yeah. how do you miss that, you know? And I will, I will say, I did think it was telling that I, the way the players were talking about it to the press, too, they clearly didn't want to get involved, and they weren't, like, flying to max defense. And you listen to what Devin McCourty said, too, and it's like, all right, it does make me wonder if something happened that the players are like, hey, chill, don't, yeah, don't do maybe. this. But if they're like, hey, we'll defend you, but we're not going to go out of our way if you're starting stuff and doing putting your hands where they're not supposed to be. Yeah. But like, I don't – but this is – so far down the list of stories to me that are important about this team. I guess agreed. agreed. So it's just something we have to talk about and something that people yeah. will be talking about because Mac has a reputation now and it's like the whole, but it's like, you know, I mean the people are talking, Oh, you know, it's, it's someone said something about like comparing him to, uh, to what's his face. Who's the guy that stomped on that was here for a bit. Albert Hainsworth. Or in Oh, and Dominican Sue. That was what it was, right? Austin Gale was like, you know, who I love Austin. Worse than I, Sue. I love, I love Austin. But for him to say, like, he makes in Dominican Sue, I'm like, bro, in Dominican Sue stomped on a guy's neck? Like, what are we even talking about? Like, it's not yeah, even close. Yeah. It's like, close. it's just not, it's, it's, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, again, the worst case scenario is just chill with it, Macum. Don't do that. Right. Um, right. And just keep your cool a little bit better. But, like, I don't so, know. And Garfunkel says that it's clear what happened. It isn't clear what happened at all. Yeah, it's I not, don't think it is clear. It's not clear and what I mean, happened. And I think and there's if the refs totally... had seen it. If the refs had seen it. They would have thrown. Uh, they would have thrown penalties on both. Period. Like that's that's. Period. Yeah. Well, and I think there's definitely a world here where something in the middle happened, where Mac went to just like kind of give Sauce a shove, and he's getting hit because there's like a pile, and there's guys there, and it something goes where it's not supposed to go, and not intended to go, or things like that. So I don't really. It's you can't tell what happened, right? Right, and that you know, it just is what it is. And look, part of part of the Mac Jones hate, okay. Part of <laughs> where is it? No, nope. there it is, right there. Love it. I'll call Mac Dirty if you Ric Flair pokes someone in the eyes. I'd be down for that. Ric Flair pokes someone in the eyes. Let's go. Um, you know the the look, people around here hate Mac Jones, and the reason they hate Mac Jones is because. He reminds them of Tom Brady. He plays like Tom Brady used to play, but he's not close to what Tom Brady used to be. They want him to be, but he isn't. And in fairness, no one is as good as Tom Brady ever. There's never going to be there, but people are going to compare him to Tom Brady no matter what. And did you see – I don't know who was to put it together, but it was like all of the opportunities that Mac Jones had to like lead – those fourth quarter comebacks, man, you, and like, you got the fumble it's by just, Damian Harris. You got the fumble by like Mondo. All of the, the, oh. It's like all of the good bounces we got under Brady are going the other way. Yeah. And you know what? I'll try, I'll make that trade. I'd still make that trade to have these losses and get all the, the success with Brady. But right. It's right. brutal while you're going through it. I know. I know. So you never know. I mean, it might, you know, luck might turn around, but it is what it is. So, so, all right, on to the next thing, because this one, this one's too good. This one's too good. I got some audio. Oh, in yeah. case in case you haven't heard it, I got some audio for y'all. So here we go. Oh no, what happened, Dodge? Hey, hold on. There it is. <laughs> you hyped it up. I did hype it up. I had it. I had it. I had it queued up. Oh, here we go. It's not even a question in my mind. It was fourth and one. 
It was fourth and one. They called timeout. First of all, coach did this back in the day. This meant uh, counter. They, they saw this. Coach called it. Office line coach did that on the sideline. They called timeout. Who normally goes to the sideline on timeout? The defensive captains, right? They told the nose guard, Washington. They pulled him to the sideline. Big 400-pound guy. He don't want to go to the sideline and come all the way back. <laughs> cold. Right? It was cold. cold. What, what he want to go to the sideline for? They yelling, made him go to the sideline. And I always thought, that, like, what, where are you going to? He went all the way to the sideline and came back. Then we run the play. He loops into the hole. <laughs> Washington does. They stop us on fourth down, right? That's a critical play in the game. They were, they had our uh, that's far enough. That's in case in case you didn't see it, okay. In case you didn't hear it somehow, Jerome Bettis on Ben Roethlisberger's podcast talking about how the Patriots cheated in two thousand three. Now let's let's put aside the fact that everything that Jerome Bettis said was a lie. Let's just let's put that aside. Let's pretend like everything he said was the truth and not a complete fabrication of what actually happened. That let's pretend like it was the real thing. You had the same play call. For a counter for years, and you're shocked that someone knew what it was, and then the opposing team calls a timeout and then calls the defensive tackle over to the sideline to tell him what to do, and you still run the same play. What how stupid could you possibly be? Well, and it's, it's incredible. The play was we're gonna run our biggest fast guy up the middle to get one yard. And it usually works because even if you know what's coming, he's very good and it doesn't matter. The The problem was the Patriots had some big guys, none of whom were named Ted Washington, who were also very good at what they did and stopped him. And he fumbled the ball and was short by quite a bit. They also ran it up the middle like four times on that possession with Jerome Bettis. This is not right. I just, and it's, it's 2023. That game was January of 2005. You have evidence of this, and you waited 18 years to bring what? it up? In a game you lost at home by two scores and really three because of garbage time? Like, what are we doing here? Right, right. And, you know, that's the the situation for me. And the way that – I just think it's so funny. Literally everything Jerome Betta said there was a lie. Every single thing that he said. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe the counter call is the truth. Beyond that, everything is a lie. Ted Washington didn't play for the Patriots in 2004. The Patriots never called a timeout before that play. <laughs> like, nobody looped into any hole. It just like the guy. The whole thing was a complete, fab a complete lie. A complete fabrication. And again, maybe that happened in another game against the Steelers. I don't know. I don't remember that ever happening in another game against the Steelers. But maybe no, it, it did. And so, like, you know, it's just like it's not even – it's just a complete lie. And so people, yeah. of course, ran with it because it's a that's great what story. you do. You and he's good it. at telling the story. If if what he's if what he was saying was true, it would be gr a great story. Right, right. Except it's completely <laughs> false and fake. Yeah. And it just – that's – 
That is hilarious to me. It's just so funny that you would get on a podcast and lie. Just like flat. I, you don't even have to listen. And don't make it up. Just don't say the don't nothing. Hey, we call we ran this thing, right? Hey, well, okay, we ran this this play. They knew that hand signal and they knew it was coming, so they stopped it. We, there was nothing we could do about it because they cheated on that play. You don't have to go into all this detail. That's totally not well, true. <laughs> and also, knowing a hand signal is not cheating. If they know your hand signals, it's probably because you're using the same ones over and over and they picked up on it. That is like the basics of sports. Like right. when I correct. played baseball in first grade, we'd switch up our signals so teams wouldn't know what was coming. They do this in pro sports all the time. If they're figuring out what your calls are, then that's on you. Um, so it's just and it's like I don't. That game was such a blowout. It did that play did not matter in the grand scheme of things. If you like, there were more. The Patriots defense made bigger plays than that one in that game. If you were going to try to make cheating allegations, claim like Rodney Harrison's pick six was somehow cheating. That was a more impactful play. But yeah, I don't know. Right, it's it's insane. Well, you know, uh, I let's put it this way. Okay, my favorite story from that game is going into that game, the coaches said to him, whatever you do, Ben, whatever you do, do not throw it at 37. Don't do it. He's going to make you think the guy is open. He's going to make you think the guy is open, but he's not. Don't throw it to 37 no matter what you do. And so, in one of the biggest moments in the game, when the Steelers are just kind of fighting back, what does he do? He throws it near 37, and it's a pick six for 80-something yards, and that's the ball the game. end zone. You got right? Frable back there blocking Ben. and Right, and that's the game. And so, you want to talk about, you know, where the game really changed. That's the play of the game. And that's one of my favorite stories because it's just like, it's so ridiculous. Um, and so, anyways, so that's – so. Whatever. And, and that's 20 years ago. We don't have to talk about it. But, you know, it just – I just thought that that was funny. And I'm like, man, to go on a podcast like that and just lie, the evidence is there. We we can, well, look, the, we can look at the plays. We can see I'll, what happened. None of that stuff and happened. I'll, and, I'll, and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in that, like, maybe he wasn't lying. Maybe he just doesn't remember how it right. happened. Right. But you have the video. You can go back and check this stuff. Like, maybe he got Vince Wilfork and Ted Washington mixed up and – there was an official timeout before, and Ted Johnson was the guy that went over, and maybe he confused all those details, and maybe right. the Pats did know the play was coming. None of, even with all of that, nothing nefarious has happened. Right, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, so all right. should we talk about Dallas? Yes, let's talk about Dallas. Let's talk about Dallas. So, word from our sponsors first. Yeah, oh yeah. Actually, that's a great idea. So, word from our sponsors, <laughs> and then we'll go to Dallas. All right, here we go. I thought you had queued it up, but I got it. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
Ages 21 and up and present in Massachusetts, hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, so we're back. All right, Dallas Cowboys. Look, I going into last Sunday, you look at it and think that the Dallas Cowboys are going to be impossible, right? They're going to be impossible. And then you see them play the Arizona Cardinals and absolutely poop all of themselves. And listen, I know that a few of their guys were hurt. I, I understand all that stuff. But, like, the Arizona Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, they're not even trying to win right now. And you lost to the Cardinals. And not only did you lose, you got embarrassed. I mean, they got smoked yeah. by the Cardinals. It was Two score loss. Yeah, it was bad. Josh Dobbs looks like a legit quarterback, which is yeah. interesting. Maybe not a good one, but like, you know, a bottom than of the expected, league, that's real for sure. starter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I think if you're Arizona right now, you're panicking, trying to trade away anyone you can so you don't accidentally win some more games here. Uh, Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, come on down. Patriots we'll see, can use uh, some speed. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Tyquan Thornton coming back, who I believe did hint on his Instagram story that he is getting ready to make his comeback. Um, but, like, Hollywood Brown is better. Uh, and in a contract year, he's in the last year right now. So, in the theory, I, I don't think he would be that expensive to go get. Right. Uh, well, that's the other part of it, too, his, his expiring contract. You wonder if... You know, you wonder if Arizona would consider signing him next year. So, and if they're not going to consider signing him next year, then Great why idea. wouldn't you move on from? It doesn't make any sense yeah. to keep him. You know? Yeah. So, we'll see what they do. But Dallas looked mortal, and I think the interesting thing with the Cowboys is how how many big plays have kind of swung their games. Look at the Giants game; it was the defense and special teams early, completely changing the game script. Look at the Jets game. It's Zach Wilson. So it's like they looked amazing in both of those games, but also you can't really extrapolate what happened. You're not going to play Zach Wilson every week. You're not going to start every game up 16 nothing because of your defense and special teams. Mm-hmm. And it's a defense that's, you know, allowed some big plays. It's a very good defense, but if you can get through to the second level, you can get the big plays on them. And if you can avoid the turnovers, I think this is a defense that the Patriots can score on. It's a big if with Michael Parsons, but no Trayvon Diggs. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's really the big part of it, right? There's no Trayvon Diggs. I think they're scrambling a little bit. We're going to see if their offensive linemen are healthy or not because you got, you know, they had two offensive linemen out last week. So, you wonder if those guys are healthy again. If they're not, you know, Patriots have a defensive line has shown what they can do. They're a really good defensive line, and, and I think the Patriots have a very good defense in general. Um, you know, and so it, it it becomes one of those things where you look at it and think like, hey, this could they really can compete with this team? And and I think defensively, it comes down to can you slow them down? Can you keep the score low from Dallas? And if you can. It allows the offense to be able to compete. And I know, listen, I know Dallas has a ton of speed. Micah Parsons, Mac Jones said it, Bill Belichick said it. He's the best player they've played so far this year. He he is. I agree. But at the end of the day, 
you look at it and just think, hey, man, like they have a chance against this team. And I think that, you know, Patriots are one and two right now, and they have a real chance of going, of being two and two at the end of this game. And if, if after these four games, regardless of how everything else played out, if they walk out of these first four games, two and two, I think everyone would look at that and say, that's a win. It doesn't matter what happened in those four games. If you walk out of there two and two, you're pretty happy with it. Yeah. And it's, like as far as road games go, I think Dallas is a more favorable environment. It's a dome. You don't have to worry about the weather for this one, which is nice. Only the second time the Pats have had that. The right. line for the Pats should be as healthy as it's been all year. And, you know, you put it all together. It's, I Will they win? I don't know. But I feel a lot better about this game right now than I did two weeks ago. Right. I agree. I agree. So, look, there's, there's a ton of question marks still. I don't know what the team is going to look like, but I think your biggest, the number one thing for me is can the Patriots slow down the the Dallas offense? Arizona did it last week. Arizona's defense stinks. They are terrible. If they can do it, you can do it. Now, look, I'm not saying it, it's not it's not apples to apples, right? It isn't because it's a different situation. It's a you know, I mean, they were, last last week was a four o'clock game too, but. You know, Dallas, I'm sure, is overlooking Arizona, thinking Arizona sucks. Like, come on, this is a joke. Like, we're going to beat this team by 30. They were favored by 13 and a half points, and they just didn't show up. They just thought they could show up and win the game, and, and, and that didn't happen, right? But from the other side of it, Trayvon Diggs gets hurt. You got a few guys out. All of a sudden, you're not no, playing as well. Your confidence gets shot. McCarthy doesn't know what the hell is going on. You know, so like – there is a chance that, you know, that this kind of spirals for Dallas for at least a few weeks and you can catch them in a little bit of a, of a downturn right now, you know? And the, and the flip side is that could also be Dallas is a Super Bowl contender and you catch them yep. angry in this one. They bounce back and stomp 100%. on the table here, unfortunately. Right. I mean, it's weird because you go through this is Dallas's drive chart from last game. They only had eight drives all game. First one negative five yards punt next drive field goal drive after that touchdown one after that 15 yards punt so that's your your first half only four drives you score on two of them second half come out of the half field goal you go 80 yards on the next drive but no points because you got a turnover on downs in there yeah you go 56 yards with a field goal and then 69 yards with a pick in the end zone there so I think 16 points is a little bit misleading because they mo- they really moved the ball. They, they got into the score into scoring range on six of their eight drives, and I think if you're if you're not playing from behind, they're scoring on both of those. So um, I think the real thing here is the Cardinals scored on their first five possessions. The Patriots' offense is going to have to come out of the gate like that and put some pressure on. Right, hundred percent, and that's and look, I mean, you know. Nagana saying it right here. Like it's just what you said, right? Can the offense score? That's that's gonna be the big thing. Can the offense score? Right. Look, defensively, Christian Gonzalez already is an absolute stud. He's an the fact that people are gonna look back at the draft and and think two things. Number one, how the hell did Philly end up with that guy? How is that even possible that Philly ends up with Jalen Carter there? Ridiculous. And number two. How does Christian Gonzalez drop all the way to 17? I mean, that's insanity. That guy with that type of ability, those guys don't grow on trees, man. He's 6'2", 
and he's smooth as hell, and he's got great ball skills, and he's a sticky coverage corner. He just like I, I, those guys. You can't that guy at seventeen. That's complete insanity. It's insanity. Yeah. He went that he went to seventeen, and you know, obviously, credit to the Patriots for for getting it right for getting him at seventeen, trading back from fourteen, screwing the Jets. Which, by the way, the Jets have played three games, and their first round pick, number fifteen overall, has been has been a healthy scratch for all three of those games, which is not a good sign for the Jets. And they could have used some offensive line help. I mean, we talk about Zach Wilson, who was awful on Sunday. A lot of those plays never had a chance, and that had nothing to do with him. Right, right. And so you screw the Jets, and you get the guy you wanted at 17 anyways. You save a little bit of money from him, and you pick up you know an extra, what, third-round pick or whatever. So, you know, it just it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds in that situation. The Patriots crushed it in that respect this year. Um, you know, and, and we can, you know, people have started talking about the draft are up and down now, and, oh, this draft isn't good, and that draft isn't good, and so on and so forth, and... And yeah, I rightfully so. I can see why people think that, especially last year where we thought they kind of nailed some picks and maybe they didn't. So, but you know, if you we'll look see. at the you misdraft know. right now, Christian Gonzalez looks like a great pick. Keon White looks like a great pick. We go back two years. Mac Jones, I mean, you got a legit starting quarterback with the fifth right. quarterback on the board. That's a win value wise. Christian Barmore looks fantastic right now. I think he's maybe the most underrated guy on this team right now with mm-hmm. how he's played on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think there's a lot of criticisms that are very fair to make about Bill Belichick's drafting, but it seems like they kind of nailed the first and second round picks the last couple of years, and you, you have to if you want to be a good team. Yeah, no, I agree. And so so we'll uh, so we'll see kind of what that – and someone mentioned Marte Mapu and how he's kind of disappeared. I don't know if he's necessarily disappeared – He's just playing a different role than I expected him to play. He's been playing a lot of deep safety, and he's been yeah. doing a good job of it, but he's been in deep coverage and hasn't really been tested a ton. And so he hasn't been, you know, doing what he was doing at the Senior Bowl, which is playing up at the line and playing linebacker and just and he, flying into the backfield. He hasn't been doing that. And so that's why we haven't really seen a lot from him, but – we also haven't seen a lot from him playing deep safety, which means he's had good coverage and you haven't wanted to throw it his way, you know? So I think that that's a good thing. And he's like the fifth best, sixth best player at his position on the roster right now too, um, right. which isn't anything bad about him. It's about the other guys, yeah. Ducker, Phillips, Peppers, Jalen Mills, all been very good players. And Mapu's been, you know, active and playing well too. All five of those guys have played very, very well this season. And, you know, they make impacts on special teams. The Patriots special teams have been a little bit up and down this year, but Mapu's been part of some of the good stuff they've done. I agree. I agree. So, uh, so we'll see the offensive lines. The other, the other thing we got to talk about here before we, before we kind of get into our last few segments here, but um, there's a question of Cole Strange at left guard. Cole Strange was not playing well, but he did not get benched. I think his hamstring was was what was bothering him. I think he'll end up being fine. But you mentioned it, Matt. Cole Strange was was the offense they were going to run last year was Cole Strange's type of offense. This offense is better suited for a guy like Antonio Maffi at left guard than it is with Cole Strange. See, here's the thing. I had texted you that during the game, too. Yeah. When I went back and watched the film, Strange wasn't quite as bad as I thought a lot of people were making him out to be. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, I, I threw on uh, one of the radio stations at one point. I was listening to Greg Bedard talk about it. 
out of curiosity. And then I went and watched the tape and I was like, well, this isn't matching up at all. I think strange. It didn't look great, but I thought he looked healthier in tougher matchups and yeah. the Jets. So that's, and I was, I don't know. I'm still in wait and see mode on strange because he's hurt and he missed yeah. so much time. Right. And it's tough because I think Mothy is more powerful. He struggles a lot in space and the Patriots do ask a lot of the stuff, especially with what Clem, the athletes Clem had when he was in college, like they're more comfortable with like, all right, bigger guys and combo blocks and things like that. But also the Patriots like a lot of inside zone, no matter what. And Mm -hmm. you need guys who can get to the next level and they love pulling guards and strange is really good at, I go in either being the guy on the move or the pin to get on when going on the move. So that's, that's what I, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I did not feel great live on Sunday, and I feel a lot better about it with the tape. I want to see how he looks once he's healthy. But Moffy has looked fine. He's not. I don't think he's as good. I think he's the backup for a reason. But he's got some real upside. He looks like a good backup guard, and I mean, you'll take that. <laughs> right, right, and that's and that's part of it, right? I think Mike Onwenu. What what's so what sets on when apart from other guys, his size is he moves very well for the size that he is. Antonio Moffey is a big dude. He does not move as well as you would like to see him move. Right. And, and so not- I think that that's, you know, which is fine, but that's, that's kind of the way it goes. I think, you know, and he, he's not nimble. Like if you got a screen pass, Moffy right. might be able to get out in space, but he can't then slow himself down to block the corner who's in his way. The corner can just go around him. Exactly. Um, Strange right. is better there. So I don't, and that's, I mean, I think the Jets have a really good defensive line and some really powerful guys. Like Strange had to block Quinn and Williams, who's one of the best defensive tackles in the league. And yeah, he lost some. Every guard is going to lose some in that one. He's not Joe Tooney right now. And I think you want to get to that point with where you drafted him. You want a guy you feel that good about, but where, you know, this was his second game of his second season without a training camp. So I'm perfectly willing to give him another month here before we make any hard and fast judgments. Yeah, I agree. And that that's kind of what we have to do. I mean, look, the, here's the problem, right? The problem is, again, you see that he gets drafted right early at 29 and you want him to be an all pro year one. And it's just not realistic. It's just not, it's not realistic. And so I'm, I'm down with trying to give him some more time. He struggled last year without David Andrews because it was a huge jump from Chattanooga to the NFL. Right. So like it just, it is what it is. And that's, and ultimately what it comes down to is that because he was a first round pick, people put that thing on him. If he was a third round pick, nobody would care about that. Nobody well, would bat an eye at that. And they took him at 29, which is basically a second-round pick at that point when it comes to the talent pool. Um, yeah. And people people made a lot out of the, the Sean McVay quote after, where he was like, oh, we were hoping he was going to be there in the third. Sean McVay said that because their first pick was a third-rounder. That was complimentary of Cole Strange. They they liked him, and they were hoping he could still be there. Right. That's, that's what that right. was. That wasn't them... Th- saying they had him as a third rounder it's he was probably a guy who was depending on scheme a second uh, an early second to an early third on most teams boards and taking a guy who's an early second on your board at 29 is very very normal especially if you have a need a guard and he was much better by the end of last year um yeah he improved throughout the season 
I agree. And again, I, you know, and Nagan obviously hated the pick, and that's okay. It's all right. I didn't love the pick when they made it either. It didn't make sense to me. And I said at the time, you drafted Ted Karras's replacement in the first round. I didn't love it, right? But like yeah. at the end of the day, they needed a guard. They drafted a guy, and if he can develop into a very good player, then it pays off. And if he can't, well, then you missed. And look, I said it. I said it from day one, and I don't know whether Pickens would be a fit here culture-wise, but I said it from day one. I wanted them to draft him at 22, and they traded back to 29. I wanted them to draft him at 29. Then they move up to 50, and I thought for sure they were going to draft George Pickens at 50, and they took Tyquan Thornton instead. So yeah. I didn't I mean, love the first two players the Patriots took last year. I'm hopeful that they – I do think that they have some potential to be good, and I'm going to hold my judgment until I see what happens. I haven't been – Super impressed with either of them yet, but I'm not going to say either of them are bust either because I think that there is potential there for both of those guys, and so it's just yeah, a wait and see. You know what I mean? Like, and again, we'll out we'll criticize them for it if if that need, if that comes down to it. But right now, yeah, I thought, yeah, and so I thought, and I thought Strange was awful in week two. Um, right. He he improved from like a D minus to like a C minus. And going from a going to a better opponent from Miami to the Jets, and it's like right. okay, that's that's good. Let's let's see if we can keep on that as we get healthier here. Um, yeah, and it's also you look at guess who like the next ten picks that were made after Cole Strange. The only guy in there I think any of us would we will in the trade for there is, is Christian Watson, a guy who has not played this season yet, a guy who's also dealing with injury issues and was dealing uh, I mean, with last year too. And I think if you if you could redo it. You'd probably make sure you sign Ted Karras and you're drafting Christian Watson there. But I'm also, I'm not sure how much that actually really changes for you here. And I also don't know if they would have even considered taking Christian Watson. So like, you know what I mean? So that's the other one. Watson's a a guy who's fast with drop issues and injury issues. And I think he could be a really good player, but that's the same type of guy we've seen come into New England and not catch on. Um, Exactly. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's lots, lots of ways we can go with that and we can second guess them. But again, if he turns out to be a good player, it doesn't matter. So we'll see, you know? So, um, okay. So anyways, I, I think that's it. Look, as far as the game itself is concerned, I don't, I'm not confident the Patriots are going to win, but they need, for me, they need to play a competitive game. I need to see them play a competitive game on Sunday they can't go in there and get their doors blown off by Dallas. I know Dallas is pissed off because they got blown out by Arizona. I get all that. You can't go into Dallas and get smoked. You just it, it can't happen. It can't happen. I'm yeah. sorry, but it can't happen. I need the Patriots to be competitive. I'd like to see their offense develop a little bit. You know, and and we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I just I it I need to see something from these guys. I want to see Pop Douglas out there a little bit more. I'd like to see some speed from him. Um, you know, and then kind of see what, kind of see what you can build from that. But I just think, I think you have to be, you have to be able to score some points and, and at least play with this team. Now, if they end up losing, they end up losing, but like you have to be able to play with this team. And I think especially right now, the guys who are out of practice on the offensive line for Dallas, it's Tyler Biotish, who's their starting center, Zach Martin, their starting guard, Tyron Smith, their starting tackle. If all three of those guys are out again, I think you want to see the defense do a good job of controlling the line of scrimmage. Um, 
And with that, Dallas has struggled in the red zone. I think you want to see the defense win in the red zone. When Dallas drives, make sure it's a field goal, not a touchdown. And you want to see the offense not turn the ball over. Right. If you can do those three things, this should be competitive and it should be close. And it might be a lot like the game we just watched on Sunday where it's going to be ugly and low scoring. Guess what? Yeah, it's a dome. And like it should be a friendly road environment and all that. It's still a very good defense with very good defensive coaching and maybe the best defensive player in the NFL right now in Michael Parsons. I don't expect them to move the ball up and down the field. But if you can move the ball enough and consistently get field goals, that's going to allow you to win. And if you can, the Patriots have been a good red zone team this year. The Pats can be better in the red zone than Dallas is. You know, if they can if they can get two touchdowns and a field goal, you might win a game 17-13, that kind of thing here. Uh, and obviously the X-Factor is turnovers too. Dallas thrives off of them. We know how New England's defense is. They didn't get one off Zach Wilson last week somehow, uh, I think because he was afraid to throw the ball anywhere near any Patriot defenders. I don't blame him. Yeah. Yeah, and I will say, I, I don't know if you're going to get a turnover off Dak. I was looking at some of the stats. He's He's getting the ball out as fast Real as Mac fast. is this year yeah. and shorter. His average air yards are even lower than Max are this year. So they're just kind of letting guys work after the catch and their run game is working for them. And I think you got to just stay disciplined and tackle. Well, I, I I'm guessing with the way these teams play, if there aren't a lot of incompletions, this might be a, a game that moves pretty fast and there's not a lot of possessions and it's low scoring. And it's going to swing on, you know, one red zone possession or one turnover or one special teams play. And right. That's how the Pats play. You got, you got to make the plays happen in your favor. You got to make your own luck. hundred percent. And you know what? Listen, I, for three weeks in a row now, the Patriots have had opportunities in the fourth quarter to either tie the game or put the game away. They had like three or four opportunities in the fourth quarter last week against the jets to put them away and they couldn't do it. And again, the Jets defense is a good defense. I'm not saying they're not. But you have at some point, you have to be able to make a play. And so, you know, that's what I'm looking for from the Patriots. And and maybe, maybe it isn't the fourth quarter. Maybe it's the first quarter. Maybe it's the defense get, you know, the Patriots win the toss. Dallas gets the ball. The defense gets three and out. Now the Patriots get the ball. Drive on the field and score a damn touchdown. Yeah. Make it difficult for Dallas. Don't go three and out. Get on the field. Put together a really good drive. And score a touchdown, right? And I think Zeke, you know, people are talking about in the comments about Zeke. Zeke is, this is a revenge game for Zeke. And it's different than a lot of different players. Zeke was the Cowboys. Like, he was the biggest, he was a star on the Cowboys. That doesn't happen very often where the the team comes back to that. Right, and then they cut him. So, like, this is a big-time revenge game for him. I think he's very well-liked in the locker room. I think guys want to win this game. Obviously, they want to win this game no matter what. But I think there's a little something extra because of Zeke in there. And so I do think that that could be, really, that could be a really fun thing to see too. So we'll see. Um, but but I think so. And, uh, yeah. you know, this dude, Garth Uncle, is just not a Patriots fan. It's okay. Sorry. It's, it's not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Um, and, like, I, the Patriots – Patriots have always done really well against defenses that have like one guy. Like they always kind of shut down that guy, and that's what Parsons is. And I, I don't know if the Pats have the guys on the offensive line to shut down Parsons, but Trent Brown was really good last week. 
And I think the only guy you're like, we'll see what they go with that right tackle. I think whoever they put at right track, right tackle is going to struggle with Micah Parsons. And he's probably going to be over on that side a lot. I don't think David Andrews has the athleticism to match up with him one-on-one when they're doing some of that stuff. So you're going to have to have awareness of that. But if you can break tackles and get some yards after the catch, um, there's going to be opportunities there. And if you can get to the, this Dallas defense is very boomer bust and they're really, really good. But if you can get a couple things going your way, you can get some big, big plays against them. And, you know, I, I, this is could be an opportunity for the Patriots to do some of that. One big play can swing it. And I'll look at I'll look at a guy like Juju, too, in this game. I think he's he, obviously off to a rough start this season, one that nobody has been looking for. But I think there were moments on tape against the Jets where he had opportunities and didn't get the ball for whatever reason. A game yeah. like this where you might be trying to run block and he's going to be on the field and you're trying to move the ball. If he can break tackles at all, he might be able to give you a little little bit of something. And this also might be, you know, Demario Douglas is getting more snaps now. This might be one of those where, all right, we might come your way. And if it's not going that way, then, you know, Douglas is really going to start to pass you on the death chart. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, man. I, I just, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see kind of where this goes and, uh, and how they play. But again, I don't know if it's going to be indicative of how the rest of the season goes, but I do think this is a big game for the Patriots moving forward. And look, it's, you know, this for me, right? For me. And by the way, Gary's asking about Gonzo getting defensive rookie of the year. I have some money on that. So, so yes, I would like to see that happen. Um, but, but that's, that's just me personally. But um, look, the schedule after this game, the schedule opens up for the Patriots after this game. They have the Saints at home. Then they're in Vegas. Then the Bills and Dolphins, which are tough, right? home against the Bills at Miami at the end of October. But then they have the Commanders, the Colts in Germany, the Giants, the Chargers, the Steelers, and then the Chiefs, obviously tough game, and And then then the Broncos. Broncos. And then they finish with the Jets. So, like, there's a lot of of winnable games in there, man. If you can get this win over the Cowboys, you could potentially roll off three straight. Now, all of a sudden, you're four and two heading into that Bills game. And even if you lose, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? It's 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 one of those. Yeah. It's one of those. And, you know and I mean? even if even if you lose this one, I think between this game, the Bills game at home, and that game at Miami, if you pick off one yeah. and win all the other games you should, I think you're two games above five hundred at the bye at that point. Yep. And you and then you feel pretty good about where you are. You're in the hunt at that point. You reset and see where you're at injury wise. And yeah, this is a, a Another one of those opportunities where the Patriots are going to play a team that they can beat. Just can they make the plays? Can they get over the hump? But if Dallas is as injured as Dallas has been, they're going to have a shot here. You right. want to you want to take advantage of these while you have them because, you know, Buffalo and Miami come around. You don't know what your injury situation is going to be by that. Nobody knows. 100%. We know the I Patriots agree. are about as healthy as they've been all season right now. And Dallas is banged up and coming off a loss. So. Take advantage of it while you got it. Well, you know, but they are as healthy as they've been, except Marcus Jones is out, Jack Jones is out, yes. John Jones hey, hopefully this, can play. This, you know what I mean? This is for the guys that are on the active roster, not the right. guys in injured reserve. No, I know what which, you mean. I know what you mean. And you, you lose a quality now to injured reserve, which is tough. He has really nice plays. On he has in the last he's, few years. He's come along. He's come. 
Yeah, what they and I mean, Sam Roberts, he got a start on Sunday and mm-hmm. looked good. Shout out to him because he looked like he may have played himself off the roster with some penalties this preseason. Um, My guy looked Penny good. Jennings looked good. Oh man, yeah, his his run stuff mm-hmm. right off the mm-hmm. bat was awesome stuff. Um, yeah, two out of the first three plays, he was out there balling. Loved it. Did you did you see that Chiefs player who was asked about the Zach Wilson Jets offense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he goes, what did he say? The, I think they want to well, run the ball a lot. So well, there was a some Chiefs defender was asked, "What do you see from the Jets' offense, Zach Wilson out there?" And he kind of leans back from the mic and just doesn't say anything, and then starts laughing. He's like, "That's a good one." Let me think for a second, and he's like, "Yeah, they really want to run the ball." But it's I love true. It. I the love Pats, it. When it was the Pats Jets game this Sunday, the Jets wanted to run. Pats would stop it. Third and long, you wait for Zach Wilson to throw an incompletion. You get off the field. Dallas is much more balanced, and that's going to be tougher for New England. You, you can't really sell out against the run or the pass, and that'll make it more difficult to defend. So it's a good test for the defense. I'm curious yeah. to see how they handle the corner matchups too because CD lines up in the slot a ton, and there's a world where they might put Christian Gonzalez on Brandon Cooks if he's outside the numbers and let Jonathan Jones take CD when he's inside. I think we're going to see a bunch of zone two to limit some of the after the catch stuff. Um, and I don't, I don't expect a lot of blitzing because of how fast Dak gets the ball out. I don't think teams haven't blitzed them, and I don't think it's going to help you all that much. So I think you're going to have to sit back in coverage and just contain and try to smother the underneath stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Also, uh, Gary mentions running the ball. Huge. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, the Patriots did an okay job here. running against the Jets. Uh, okay. They weren't great. They ran it for like 140 yards, which is pretty good. Yeah, but, I'll take th- you know, pretty good. I was happy. Yeah, but I'd like to see I – th- I just feel like they didn't They didn't do great on a on a carry-to-carry basis, right? I feel like I want to see some more sustained, sustained success – over the course of the game. So we'll see. That's, but but that's, that's kind of Dallas's defense. They're they Dallas's defense does not let you get past the defensive line in the running game. But when you do get through, they're one of the worst at stopping runs at the second level. So yeah. Uh, you, yeah. You remember that Damian Harris run up in Buffalo in that wind game? You might get a little bit of this with Zeke or Ramondre or Nice. Demario Douglas on one of those end rounds or whatever mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you can get plays up to the second level. I think you can get those chunk plays and uh, yeah, I think running the ball is going to be key here, especially with Micah Parsons on the other side. Every every snap you run the ball is one snap where Micah Parsons can't snap Max Armoff while he's trying to throw the ball. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, let's get into let's get into the end of the show here. We've been talking for a while. We're over an hour already, but that's okay. We got three things to do at the end. We got the trivia, we got the prop bets, and we got the uh, this week in sports history. Let's start with the prop bets. Last week, Matt, banner week for your boys over here. I went two and zero. You went two and zero. We both went two and zero. I got my first win of the season, first dub of the season. So I'm now two and four. You had already had a win, so you're three and three. Still, still above me. Um, but I'm I'm right there, nipping at your heels, uh, going going two and zero as well. You had the Broncos over. <laughs> Which the Dolphins hit comfortably by themselves. Matter of fact, the Dolphins went twenty-one points over the over for the entire game. Yeah, so that was nice. You nailed that one. You're the Patriots under three and a half touchdowns. Pats Jets under three and a half touchdowns. Nailed that one as well. I had Mac Jones under two hundred twenty-three point five yard passing yards, which hit easily. And James Conner anytime touchdown, 
which hit who the heck knew that that was going to happen. But that's uh, that's what I had. So my first one for this week, <clears throat> excuse me, my first one for this week is, listen, man, I'm going back to the well, baby. I'm going back to the well after what I saw last week. How can you not? I'm going Tyreek Hill over third, over 87 and a half receiving yards. It's a big number, but I'm sorry, I dude. Like, like Tyreek Hill, the guy's the guy's been a man on fire this year so far. I'm picking him to go over 87 and a half. By the way, did you see that he said he said on a podcast that he like wanted to retire like before he's like injury riddled and then he wanted to become a porn star? <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. What a strange human being. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. a weirdo. Yeah. Can I give both of my props here at the same time? Because they it. are they're related. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, we're not parlaying them, but I'm calling this my sicko's parlay for the weekend because I just want to have some fun. There are two games this weekend that are between 0-3 teams. We've got the Vikings and the Panthers and the Broncos and the Bears. Okay. G- give me the overs in both of those. Why not? Ooh, what are the numbers there? Do, do I know? It's uh, Vikings, Panthers, 45.5. Broncos, Bears, 46. Do I really have confidence that it's going to happen? Not really. But I do think watching those games, rooting for as many points as possible, it's a sounds great point. like a lot of fun while I'm waiting That's for the Patriots to come on. So I'm going to do that, and we're going to see what happens. I like that quite a bit. I like that quite a bit. Um, and I'm going the complete opposite direction of you, sir. The complete opposite direction of you. And I am just saying that this guy sucks so much that he's going to throw zero touchdown passes. I'm saying he's throwing zero touchdown passes, and that Zach is Wilson. nope. Ryan Tannehill, Ooh. Ryan Tannehill under zero point five passing touchdowns. <laughs> what do the Titans play this week? It does. Does it even matter? No, uh, it doesn't. But they play. Who the hell are they even playing? You know what? I didn't even look at that. I was just like, oh, Ryan Tannehill under. Oh, yes, I'll the Bengals. It. Bengals have oh, a that's good. It. Uh, playing the Bengals because the Bengals defense. I was like, the Bengals defense is coming along. Yeah. I did yeah. so. I did consider the defense there. Um, but yes, the Bengals defense has been playing better. I think, mm-hmm. and so that's one of those ones where I look at it and say, if the Bengals are playing better and the Titans are terrible, Ryan Tannehill for you know for zero passing TDs again for the second week. Tractacito's not even getting the ball. Ty Ty J Spears has outsnapped Derrick Henry in two out of three games. Which which to be fair, Ty J Spears is fun, but like but, yeah. But it's Derrick Henry. What are we doing yeah. here, man? No, it's the Titans. That's crazy. Yeah. It's not great. No. So do you see um, the uh see the delay game Tennessee got on Sunday with Miles Bryant? No, not Miles Bryant, Miles Garrett. Very different athletes. Oh yeah, where he was, where he was switching sides, and they were switching sides. <laughs> so that's funny. incredible, incredible. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but that's good. That's that's really good. I mean, look, man. You know, it's it's uh, it's one of those things. It's you know, I'm I'm fascinated at it. Um, you know, I think that team just is is a complete disaster. That team's a disaster. The they offensive line is the worst in football. I think they are right, and they've. You know, and it doesn't help Tannehill, obviously, but they've also drafted two young, two young quarterbacks the last two years, right? Guys who both had question marks going into the draft, but both were also loved by a lot of talent evaluators, and neither of them have gotten a shot. And Tannehill has been terrible, and so I wonder, I wonder if by the end of the year you don't give either Malik or um, 
or what's his name? Uh, uh, Jiminy Christmas. What's the guy's Mr. name? Mr. Mayo down there. Will Levis. Yes, Will Levis. Thank you. Will Levis. Um, a shot. You know. So I, I just that's what I'd like to trade, see. Do you think they'd trade DeAndre Hopkins? I'll tell you what, man. I don't know what he was thinking going down to Tennessee, but like he said, he wanted to win, and then he chose Ryan Tannehill to play with. Like, what are we doing, dude? Like, and going I know like that. Yeah. yeah. But, Patriots are a better team this year, and it's not particularly close. I don't. Think. It isn't. I agree. I agree. So, anyways, all right. Those are our prop bets. Just a reminder: the loser of the prop bets competition this spring or summer is going to run uh, the Patriots conditioning test <laughs> for the for offensive lineman, offensive lineman conditioning test, um, and see, uh, and you know, and, just, and I don't want to lose this. I don't know why I'm picking. I should have picked unders in both of those games, but I'm going with unders. You know what, Matt? I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, I don't want you to lose either because I kind of want to do it. <laughs> I might, if even if you lose, I might find a way to weasel my way into it, anyways, and have you <laughs> do it and you do something else. So, um, but you I'll know. make a donation to charity and you can. Yeah, run. see, there you go. All right there you yeah. go. So, uh, all right, let's yeah. get into trivia and then we'll do this weekend's post history. Yeah, all right, we're gonna stay. On, we, we're doing we're doing the themes here for trivia based on who they're playing this week. La- last week's question was about the the O one Pats beating the Colts um, when they had a pair of pick sixes against Peyton Manning. The question was who had the first pick six in that game. The answer: Otis Smith. O-T-I-S. Matt Minito had that one. He always he is always on it. So I, I don't. I don't think oh, he's here tonight. He is. Yeah. Oh, he is here tonight. Perfect. Yes, perfect God. trivia time comes right. Comes in. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go back to a, a Pats Cowboys game. Pats Cowboys. 07 Patriots go down to Dallas and win in that stadium to keep the uh, undefeated season going. My only question is to whom did Tom Brady throw? What would end up being the uh, game winning score? Ooh, I know someone who's going to touch down, but I don't, I don't know if it was the game winning score or not. Dallas was undefeated in that game as well. I remember I was, was a great game. I went to the game with the greats. It was called. Uh, at Gillette Stadium, and we we sat in one of the um, you know, the Putnam boxes or whatever, whatever the case may be, um, and um, and we got to meet up with like superstars, like old stars for the Patriots, John Hanna, and like you know Raymond Claiborne. I mean, there was a a ton of them, which is really cool. Ronnie Lapat, Steve Grogan, like there's a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was a great time. It was a great take. It was, I think it was like, it wasn't bad. It was like 20 bucks a person or something like that. It was pretty cheap. Um, yeah. And so it was great. It was really was a great time. And actually, um, I just got an email today that they're doing an away game viewing, same thing. No, no, um, no like players or anything like that, but away game viewing against uh, Vegas. So I think I might go over there, take the kids over and they have some like fun things to do or whatever. And even, even if we leave at the half, but they're going to have the game on and all the big TVs and everything else. And so, um, so I think that could be fun that'll for the kids. Be good. That'll so. be a good time. Speaking of TV, I think this is uh, the last like four o'clock game. The Pats play for a while. It's all one o'clock games from here on out. Until yeah. The, the one o'clock the games. Nine. I freaking hate the one o'clock games, man. Hate it. See, it's, it, I think 425 is like the ideal window because you get to sit and watch the chaos of the early games and then settle in. But I don't know. I like the 1 o'clock. Yeah. By the way, uh, two weeks from now is the 405. Uh, the Raiders game is a 405 game as well. Oh, true. Um, but then that, that was 1 o'clock. 
That one's one o'clock local. Well, yeah, four o'clock on the East yeah. Coast. Yeah. So one o'clock, and then there's a there's the nine thirty a.m. because they're playing in in uh, in Germany, which is amazing. And then they have like three straight um, primetime primetime games. They have Thursday night, Monday night against the Chiefs, and then Saturday night against no Sunday. Yeah, Monday night against Chiefs, Sunday night against the Broncos. On so, Christmas Eve, which on Christmas that game Eve. can get flexed, so that might not stay yeah in it's that interesting. window. That's an interesting one. We'll see what happens. If the Broncos are this bad or this bad, that might that game might get flexed. Well, well and the funny thing is it's not even the offense. Russ actually looks like a good quarterback this year. He's playing pretty well. The defense is entirely falling apart. Brutal. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. This is so. like the what do you call it? Like the late Drew Brees era New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, let's get into this weekend's sports history and then we'll get you out of here. Get all of you out of here. We'll see. If, we'll see what happens with there. All right, here we go. And now for something we think you'll really like: this week in sports history. All right, I have two of them. Um, you got one, two. What do you got? Uh, I'm still pulling one. So right, you go. So ahead. I'll go, I'll I'll go, go my first here. one. I'll go my first one. 1931. This day in 1931, September 27th. Also, shout out to my parents. Um, this week in sports history, it's not really sports history, but September 26th, I won't tell you what year. You could do the math on your own, but 41 years ago on September 26th, my parents got engaged, uh, got married. So happy anniversary to my Ooh. parents uh, 41 years ago yesterday. If we're doing that, my parents got married, um, I, don't even, I don't remember how many years ago, but uh, the 23rd, this past bad, Saturday, was there. Bad son. What a bad son. I don't know how many years. Sheesh. Well, I'm not uh, going to do the math on it. No, no, not, I know, not, I know. not on here. Um, so, all right, uh, September 27th, 1931, the closest NL batting race of all time ends with Chick Haffey beating Bill Terry. Here's the final, here's the final statistics. Chick Haffey won with a batting average of .34889. Bill Terry ended with a .34861. He beat That's him by brutal. like that is you set two million. No, I don't know. No, no, no. So, so it goes tenths, hundreds, thousands, ten thousands. He beat him by two, ten, by twenty thousandths of a point. Really, by really, if you want to get technical about it, he beat him by seventeen hundred hundred thousandths of a point. <laughs> it's completely That's insane. It's also it's two like, very old school baseball names, which I oh, actually, yeah, dude. Chick Haffey, come on, dude. That's fantastic. Yeah. What a name. Yeah. I got mine. Okay. Um, on this day, September 27th, 2006, the Red Sox officially named the right field pole Pesky Pole. Really? It was never named yeah. Pesky Pole until then? Like officially at least? Yeah, officially until then, yeah. Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. I did not know that. Hey, um, more you know. Uh, all right, here's one, here's one, which I feel like is – this one I feel like is relevant – um, to maybe to to Sunday and perhaps to just the NFL as a whole. Um, in 1936, September 27th, 1936, the Boston Redskins and Brooklyn Dodgers play one of only four penalty-free games in NFL history, in which Boston won 14 to three at Ebbets Field in Brooklyn. Four I love that. in NFL history, penalty-free games. It's outrageous. So either either the either the teams are flawless or the rest are asleep at the wheel. But either way, 
Let the boys play. That one Let the boys play. Yes, they did. You would think, right? So, anyways, that's what we got. That's all we got for uh, for the show this week. Um, yeah, nothing else. Look, we're going to be back on Sunday. I think right after the game, we'll see what happens. But I think right after the game in Dallas, um, and then either we'll right after there. or maybe halftime of the Sunday night game, we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to yeah. Either either right after or halftime of the Sunday night game. One of those yeah. two uh, will be the case. So we will we'll let you know ahead of time, um, and then kind of go from there. But we appreciate you guys uh, being here. The chat was uh, interesting tonight. It was interesting yeah. tonight. Um, people, you know, we'll go coming. You know, it's. You'd expect off a win, there'd be a lot more positivity in the chat than there was. And there is not. There is not. And that's okay. That's all right. People are upset, though, and I totally get it. Um, if the Pats win on Sunday, we are going to have some people asking if we can count them as Super Bowl contenders, though. Yes, so. which is also going way too far in the other direction. Yeah. So, and I, so. And I, and I love, I love you guys for it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Listen, you you sway like reeds in the wind. It's fantastic. We love it. it so. And I'm not going to pretend to be any different than you guys either. I, I don't, I don't, I don't freak out that much, but I'm not going to pretend to be any different. Either. So, uh, shoot, I get, I get pissed from play to play. Forget about from game to game. So, um, so, anyways, but thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. Love you guys, and we'll be back Sunday after the Patriots hopefully win in Dallas. <laughs>